Okay, a quick um, primer on this day's topic. Your destiny shapes your day. Um, many, many of us know what our destination is. We know where uh, we want to go. We know where God wants to take us. And sometimes the destiny is so far ahead. Um, we don't think of it uh, in terms of how our daily life is shaped by this destiny. So uh, the study is really to bring a perspective of uh, where we're going and how that affects our day. So I want to quickly um, get to Isaiah 46, verses 9 to 10. God says, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. We serve a God who <clears throat> declares the end from the beginning. And so our destiny and our um, the finale of our life, it is not a mystery to us. Uh, we serve a God who very clearly reveals it. Now, your destiny really um, is composed of three elements. One is how you begin, how you live, and how you finish. These are the elements that constitute your destiny. Let me repeat that, how you begin, <clears throat> how you live, and then how you finish. So let's talk about beginnings. Where did we begin? What is our beginning? Isaiah 44, 24. You can turn to Isaiah 44, verse 24. Thus said the Lord thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. The Lord formed you from the womb. You began to the God that made the heavens. Your origin, you started to exist with him. You can summarize it as you began with God. Your, your daily life is going to reflect both your origin and your destiny. How you began and where everything is going. Your daily life is kind of like a mirror to both your beginning and your destiny and your future. So how do we continue in this world? Every nation, every people live differently. You know, we've been traveling recently, looking at different cultures, different peoples. And if you see, every philosophy has a very different viewpoint of where we began and where we are going. And you are bombarded by this from the world every day. So for an example, and for the sake of time today, we have short time to look at these large themes. You want to look at two nations. One is the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans are really an offspring from Babel and what happened there. And very much reflect a very uh, point of view that we are used to hearing from the world. We are used to seeing this. The second is the, so both these nations have very clear view of 
how they started, how they live, and where they're going. So let me quickly um, read a few snippets to understand from the scripture who the Chaldeans were and how God saw them. <clears throat> this is from Isaiah 47, verse 5. This is God's perspective of the Chaldeans. Sit thou silent and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. Then we go to... So you can, in your meditation, read the entire Isaiah 47 chapter. I think there is a lot that God has to say for them. But we'll just uh, quickly go to verses 10 to 15. It summarizes how they lived. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. This is again from verses 10 to 15, Isaiah chapter 47. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, none seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge. It has preserved thee. Thou hast said in thy heart, I am and none else beside me. Therefore shall evil come upon thee. Thou shalt not know from whence it riseth, and mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now with thine enchantments and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou shalt be able to profit. If so be thou mayest prevail, thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from things that shall come upon thee. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor fire to sit before. Thus shall they be unto thee, with whom thou hast labored, even thy merchants from the youth. They shall wander everyone to his quarter. None shall save thee. This, this sounds like a very, very terrible end. Um, we will break this down to understand that. So how did she live? If we, if we attribute the nations uh, like a person, uh, the Chaldean nation uh, and people here, she trusts in herself. She trusts in her knowledge. She trusts in her wisdom. She trusts in the wickedness that she does. She's also proud. She says, I am, uh, which is really a declaration only that God makes, if you see in history. She's also given to pleasures. The scripture says that. And in her actions, in her relationships, she shows no mercy. So what are the results? What happens because of all of this and as a consequence of her choices? God will not meet her as a man, he says. Very interestingly, the, the way God meets us as a man is when Jesus came and he created this entire relationship with God very much as a man and as God. 
fully man and fully God. So God says he will not meet her as man and she will have shame. She will have sorrow. It also says that she will get sudden desolation. Meaning everything that she has will be destroyed. But the worst thing is at the end it says there will be none to save her. All her friends, all her acquaintances, and of course not even God, there will be none to save her. In contrast, let's quickly go to the nation of Israel. Israel, Jacob, the nation that God calls his own. Let's quickly turn to Isaiah 48. So this entire study about destiny and how um, you face your destiny, I, I want to encourage you to read from Isaiah 45 through to um, 49. So Isaiah 48, 12 to 20. Isaiah 48, 12 to 20. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he, I am the first. I also am the last. Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I called unto them, they stand up together. All ye assemble yourselves and hear. Which among them hath declared these things? The Lord has loved him. He will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arms shall be on the child. I even I have spoken, yea, I have called him, I have brought him. He shall make his way prosperous. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, uh, there I am. Now the Lord God and his spirit had sent me. Thus said the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldst go. Oh, that thou had hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been like a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Thy seed also had been like as a sand, and the offspring of thy bowels like the gravel thereof. His name should not have been cut off, nor destroyed from before me. Go ye forth of Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans. With a voice of singing, declare ye, tell this, utter it even to the ends of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. This is a very beautiful contrast. If you see, God is appealing to Israel, appealing to Israel to be separate from the Chaldeans. We saw the character of the Chaldeans. They did not trust in God. They trust in themselves and their own wisdom. They, they do not honor God. They honor themselves. They are proud. And they do not seek God's will. They only seek their own pleasure. And they also do not show mercy. And the consequences are great. And at the end, there is none to save. But here, God draws a very high contrast. God is standing for Israel. God is making her way prosperous. God is redeeming her. And if you see, 
we'll just quickly go to our last passage for the day, Isaiah 49, 5 to 10. And then we will summarize and understand what Israel is like. Isaiah 49, verses 5 to 10. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee to the Gentiles, and thou mayest be my salvation unto the ends of the earth, unto the end of the earth. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel for, and his Holy One, to whom to him no man, to him whom man despiseth, to him whom the nation abhorreth, to a servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, because of the Lord that is faithful, and the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in a day of salvation have I helped thee. I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. That thou mayest say to the prisoners, Go forth, to them that are in darkness, shew yourselves. They shall feed in the ways, and their pastures shall be in all high places. <clears throat> they shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat or sun smite them. For he hath mercy on them. He that hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. So big contrast in the way God sees Israel. So how does Israel live? How does she live? She acknowledges God as her beginning. She talks about God as her origin. She also makes God her strength. She doesn't seek her own wisdom, her own strength. Israel looks to God for her strength. And for her redemption, the Lord is her Redeemer. And how does she hear? What does she hear? We hear so many voices from the world. We hear all the noise that we get from the world, whether it is now work, how we should live um, and practice and do business or how we should plan our day. The world has many things to say here. The world really is bombarding us every day with how we should live, listen to. But here very clearly, Israel is to hearken to God's commandments. And in this passage, God is appealing to Israel to hearken to his commandments. Is finished story yet? Even as we are grafted into the spiritual Israel, the, the appeal that God is making is very clear. So let me summarize how she lives. She acknowledges God as her source and her beginning. 
she makes god her strength and her redeemer is the lord she also hearkens and god is calling her to hearken to his commands now what are the results what is the outcome just as we saw the outcome and what consequences and results the chaldean saw let's look at what israel sees first god is calling her she is called by god which means god recognizes her among all the nations among all the people you are israel you are set apart by god you are called by god god sees you and calls you the king of kings the lord who made heaven and earth he sees you and calls you god hears her you might think your life is not important too important for god your problems are not too big enough for his attention no but god hears her god treats her like a little child who what happens in a child's life all of us who are parents here the smallest whimper or the smallest cry we quickly go and hear out what the child has to say that kind of a relationship here god has god hears her and god helps her god comes in a timely manner and helps her god preserves her and god teaches her to profit many of us seek these things from the world or might be tempted to do so to hear the world to appeal to the world sometimes we tell the world our problems but we fail to tell god we ask the world to preserve us and the world will disappoint us and if we ask and seek the world and its wisdom to teach us to profit that is not the end that we want and we see that in the life of the chandians for israel god preserves her god teaches her to profit next god makes her way prosperous this is just a breakdown of what we read in isaiah 49 god makes her way prosperous her seed is as the sand so god preserves her future and her generations and multiplies it incredibly she shall not hunger god makes a covenant with her and finally i want to make a contrast here Uh, the finish that is given to the chaldeans in their lives end there is desolation sorrow and shame and there is none to say this is for the chaldeans who look to themselves and only honor and are proud of themselves but for israel it's very beautiful here in this passage god makes israel a light to the gentiles so he is not only preserving her but gives her and puts her up to be seen in the midst of the darkness of this world that others might find the way then finally israel becomes god's salvation and means of salvation to the nations and 
this is a very beautiful promise because here you have the chaldeans who really cannot save themselves at the end and there is none to save them but on the other side israel who god helps preserves and cares not only that he makes her a salvation to the nations it's not that she is saved alone but through her the nations are saved this is an incredible promise and how does this lead to our destiny how does this salvation continue in the world beyond this life and quickly turn to isaiah 45 verse 17 but israel shall be saved in the lord with an everlasting salvation he shall not be ashamed or not confounded world without end salvation that israel finds in her lord it is everlasting it is not just for this life it's for life to come the world to come and much more God is writing her destiny way into eternity where he lives. And her salvation is assured and made sure as an everlasting salvation. I want to close on this note to think of your beginnings, your origin. Think of your life, your choices, your daily life and what it reflects does it reflect the value system the ways of the chaldeans does it reflect the call and the appeal god is making to israel to seek him that she will look to him and i want you to think about your destiny may your everyday life reflect both your beginning and the wonderful future that god promises you our destiny in his eternal salvation thank you yes okay yeah shall we pray heavenly father thank you lord thank you for looking to us hearing us for teaching us even considering us lord from all these nations for choosing us for calling us even as we read in your word father we pray for each one of us here that we will be true to our beginnings lord because we began with you lord god who made the heavens and the earth and all that we can see and not see all the wonders of your creation earth that we experience and you that made us in the womb and formed us lord and you are there with us all through we pray that every day lord your word 
and remind each one of us here of our beginning in you, of our walk in you every day. And above all, Lord, in Jesus Christ, our destiny and that eternal salvation, Lord, that we are part of. And that each one of us here will also be used by you to bring light to the Gentiles, to bring your salvation to the nations. Not just to be blessed in you, but be a blessing to all. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.